What's up, people? Happy 4th of July. Moto X Pod Show brought to you by Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, MX Girl Designs, York Welding, and Fab, Shock Socks, Professional Journey. I'm your host, Mark Poole, with me in studio. He's back this week, the one and only Jamie Darkside. Guida Darkside, what's up? What's up? Good to be back. Glad Although I'd rather still be in California. I uh, understand. I'd like to be out there myself. So uh, if they could just take all the liberals out of California, I'd be all over it. But uh, Yeah, I don't uh, even care about that anymore. Yeah. I love being there so much. Yeah, it's, I'm, uh, I'm yeah, kidding. I'm I, was good. Tr- I was trying to make a joke, but it didn't work <laughs> out too well. Speaking of jokes, <laughs> our producer, our one and only faithful TJ nice. Smith, what's up, buddy? That wasn't even planned out. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> it just rolled right off the tongue, right? I'm kidding about the liberal thing, guys. Don't get upset with me. But TJ, what's up, man? How's everything been? Just busy, busy, trying to get this ship righted so we can um, y'all can continue to do this show while I have to go out of town for work. TJ's headed back to the uh, oil patch now that we've got all that situated and price of oil's up high enough that they're going to let people work. They're going to let me work, so yeah. it's got to be high enough. It got high. I've been saying, when they start to call TJ to come back to work, and they did, they called him, you know, it's 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 going down out there. They need some help. Yeah. So I'm not going back. They've called me four or five times, and I said no every time. Yeah, I've been saying no, and then finally a bunch of my buddies who work for this company that I used to work for are now working for another company, and they're like, it's great, come on, and I'm like, no, and then they're like, we're going to pay you this much, and I'm like, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's generally how it goes. I understand. It's, uh, let me see. Deliver packages for no money, go to work here, make a lot of money. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's a hard choice. I understand. But uh, Dark Side. Yo. Fill us in on your California trip, my man. You made a, you made some stops at some cool places and uh, some of our former guests, things like that. and. Yeah, uh, let's see, day one, uh, as soon as I got there, went and picked up my fiance, and we drove over to W Wheels, and Mr. John Anderson showed me around. Yeah, John's a good dude. Saw some pretty cool stuff, um, just a bunch of projects they're working on, showed me how they build wheels, showed me how they stock stuff, you know, just typical stuff. Um, he's got a lot of cool swag in his, you know, jerseys and helmets in his place that he showed me, and just real nice guy, just like he was on the air. Um, so that was cool, gave me some cool t-shirts. Awesome. And then from there, we uh, drove over to Yosh, yeah. where Big E showed me around. That was thanks to Chris Cooksey. He hooked me up with that, that tour. and uh, Cooksey, what's up? Got to see, some again, some really cool, the way they hand-weld stuff. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of machines doing a lot of work at Yosh, but there's a lot of hand work that gets done there that was just – he showed me how they do the uh, carbon fiber, which is just pretty badass to watch. Mm. Um, just really, really cool facility. The lasers. I thought TJ would get a, he would have liked liked all the mm-hmm. the process. I know how mechanical he is. Awesome man, just really cool. And um, on the last day, we we went over to FMF and Little D showed me around there. Probably a lot of the same type of deal going on. Over Similar. There. They had a lot more machines doing a lot of the welding that they had built themselves, mm-hmm. and they build the tools to fix the machines, so they don't have to order stuff or like they just fab everything. Amazing, just how. Mm-hmm big these these facilities are and the people in there how good they are watching them pack silencers and hand weld and you know i guess it's mig welding is that what it is when man just awesome awesome people everybody was really cool you know and then we spent just a crap ton of time at the beach there you go hollywood went to the tj did you get your your t-shirts from all those places (laughs) i i did not i didn't didn't even yeah no well here's the deal they they each gave me like two or three t-shirts i think and i'm thinking well you know if i have one left over who do i give it to so instead of having you guys fight over a shirt i just kept them or you could have given us each one from a different place but hey whatever it is i mean (laughs) yeah i mean i would have been fine with that i mean yo chef mf whatever whatever but no it's cool we see we see how it is no he poked holes in my theory he shows up here and the first thing he says hey where's my money i owed him some money for goggles that's the first thing out of his mouth where's my money that's not true well at least he didn't send his publicist this time (laughs) (laughs) so but hey man glad you had a good trip i understand if i was out there i'd have gone to the beach a lot too and uh i wish i lived by a beach i would uh very much enjoy that i probably wouldn't ride dirt bikes ever again if i was out there by a beach i told somebody this yes you know i i forgot it's been 28 years or somewhere thereabouts i can't remember exactly anyway since i've been to california and longer than that since i've been to a beach because last time i was at a beach was when i lived in hawaii as a kid i remember loving it i didn't remember how much i loved it like i look like a goober smiling so much <laughs> i literally was trying to stop smiling and could not well when i moved to california years back 
that lasted about maybe two months and then it was like like the new it wore off and then you start seeing like traffic the traffic the people the right. issues and you're like yeah uh, I, yeah. I think i could get i could deal with that <laughs> the traffic was frustrating without a doubt but like amber like she's like look we're on vacation and there's a reason there's this much traffic people want to be here because it's so freaking awesome and everybody was so active like you would, we drove from Long Beach down to Dana Point, which is an hour drive. Mm-hmm. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people riding bicycles and people playing volleyball, people playing basketball. I'm like, nobody does this shit in Texas because it's too damn hot. That's what I'd be doing if I was out there, something like riding it, mountain bikes, it, surfing. We whatever. rented bikes, ran up and down Venice Beach, and it was just. And I like the people. The people remind me of me as far as like personality wise a little bit. It's just different than here. It's a different mentality. I liked it, man. I loved it. I didn't. I almost cried when it was time to come home. I loved it out there. And yeah, I could, the beach would probably get boring at times. But then, okay, we'll load up. Let's go out in the desert. Let's go ride with Kiefer. Yeah, let's go. Let's or go. let's go in the mountains and snowboard. Yeah, you, know? you go to Big Bear Mammoth, yeah. do whatever, snowboard, go ride moto. But yeah, it was get, fantastic. I loved it. Plenty of moto tracks around there to hit. So, I mean, you might get run over by the 40 other dudes right. that are in the same corner as you. But <laughs> hey, you know. Yeah, I got a, it was I'd cool. take it. I got a text from Ryan Bailey up when I was out there who we talked to recently. And he's like, hey, man, you're like 45 minutes away. Why don't you come over here to uh, – they were at Lake Elsinore. Yeah. Come over here. Matt, you know, Bichelle, well, he was hanging out with Bichelia, and he said, Maddie B wants to come on the show, so we got to line that up soon. And It was a little bit out of the way for where we were trying to get to, but it's just it's just a cool vibe, man. I love it. Yeah, definitely. It, it brought back a lot of memories. Well, I love California. I haven't been in about 10 years, but, dude, I, yeah. I, every time I go, I'm just in all that place. I, I understand why people want to live there. I was know? dying to rent a surfboard, which I hadn't done that since I was 14, so it would probably been comical, but. We went to Huntington and uh, parked next to this guy. I was, you know, sitting, getting ready. He was waxing his board, getting ready to go out. And I asked him if there was a place to rent boards. And he's not nearby. But here, man, just take my boogie board. Like, no worries. Just take my board and go go play. And cool. Like the quads of uh, surfing, the boogie boards? No, dude. Have you, do you know who? Uh, I can't, I'm not responding <laughs> you ever seen there's a guy named Austin Keene. He posts videos on Instagram uh, of that stuff. And he will... Dude, the stuff he does on him standing up is ridiculous. Yeah. It was so, uh, it was a blast, dude. I, I felt like I was 12 years old again, you know, and I just the ocean was pounding me around, and I'd come up out and just be like, like a mermaid, cold water out there guys, too. You know, huh? My hair would be was down, and I looked like you know awesome, and he looked hey, he looked like Bodie from Point Break. He's uh, out there. I, I mean, th- he's look, out there. I figured out what riding I was is all about. I was <laughs> waiting for C.J. Parker to come running down the beach, and I never saw her. But Yeah, that sucks. That I could have easily been in the movie, Baywatch, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, you could have hung out with The Rock, you know, and Zac Efron. <laughs> I, right. They have abs. We don't. But, hey, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was a blast. It was all right. some of the most fun I've had. Well, I'm glad to hear that, man. It's uh, So, I did y'all know that there's some dirt bike racing this weekend? Let's talk about, about something yeah, besides. We had uh, Red yeah. Bud. I'm glad uh, that race is always one to look forward to. And hey, TJ Tomac bounced back one one. Yes, he did. Got man. that points lead. That was actually some really good. I mean, both classes. So like, I watch the races on my phone because I subscribe to that MX uh, or NBC Sports Gold thing. And NBC I'm, dude, whatever the gold that that package that you pay for. So I'm at the track watching it, and people are like asking about it. They don't want to know what happened. They're asking how. They're, I mean. I kept telling him, just watch it. It's probably one of the best races we've had all year. Oh, in yeah. my opinion, from sitting back trying. I mean, there's racing. I'm at the track. My kid is out there racing, and I'm more intrigued with what's on my phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was out front gone. You know, making sure he's, he's whatever. But watching the racing was really good this weekend. So Yeah. I didn't get to watch it until Sunday evening. But, yeah, it was fantastic. 450 motos were good. Tomac had to work for it both times. And, uh, you know, I saw uh, Baggett and Anderson come together. But it looked like. <laughs> That was Anderson's line. Yeah. I hate to say it because when I first saw it, I was like, oh, Anderson strikes again. But it was, you go back and watch the replay, Baggett was trying to take his line and just didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's a funny. bummer. But I, I, I agree with you. It's funny. Yeah. I, I was listening to the main event on the way over here, Danny right. Blair, and I forget who his guest was. They both said the opposite. They watched it two or three times, and they feel like uh, Anderson break-checked him. I, like, I, don't, I didn't see that. I, I think don't it's just think racing. So. I think maybe there's a yeah. little entertainment factor there. For, yeah. For that. I, I just – and, then, and maybe I need to watch it again. I felt like that that was Anderson's line. Right. You know, 
Baggett coming around the outside, and they just came together as a racing incident. Yeah, I mean, they didn't both go down. The thing no. is, though, Anderson's not going to get the benefit of the doubt most of the time <laughs> yeah. because of his yeah. you know, past stuff. So is that when was that go right there when he supposedly hurt his hand or something yeah. like that? Yeah, he hurt his hand. Baggett? Yeah, Baggett. Baggett. Oh, did he? This came from Blair also, is that I guess uh, he thought it was broke. thought he broke his thumb. Oh, wow. Baggett. Had it x-rayed. It was negative. But if it's hurt to a point where he thought it might be broke, that could affect him, you know, in the coming weeks. Well, that's how my hand was when uh, last year, at like the a few rounds left in the what do you call it, the full moon series. Oh yeah, James, the guy who was sitting here last week, and I got into like a, a practice battle, just playing around. And I went down, and I went and got extras in my thumb. It, I mean, it's literally almost a year ago, and it still gives me issues. So. Yeah. And with his wrist issues and how long it took him to come back, I hope that he, it's something that he's healed and bounces back. Yeah, me too. Because, I mean, there's definitely some good racing to be had between him and Tomac and Anderson yeah. too, you know. So oh, It's not going to be a, a walk in the park for anybody. Uh, yeah. Tomac's shown that he's going to have his – Is it, I don't know, though, man. Southwick's I'm going to say, is he going to lose the points? Southwick's next, and I hate to say Jeez. that. Ain't none of them dudes beating him there. Yeah, it, it, unless – I almost kind of hope Tomac crashes, although I like Tomac. But I, I kind of hope he crashes because it, I think the damage he could do at Southwick could, yeah. could make it really difficult for anybody else. Yeah, that's, I just don't want the series to get boring. Right. I agree with that's you why, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, with him having the points lead now and and Southwick coming up. and well, Remember last year, Roxon was untouchable until they got to Southwick and Tomac just wore that yeah. ass yeah. out. You know? But then yeah. after that, it was back to normal. Well, but. well, Mathis was saying that these next three races, these next three rounds Tomac really, tracks. really benefit yep. Tomac. And yep. I don't, I've not been to these tracks. And so obviously I don't know this stuff. And so he's our, you know, he's got to know these things. So. I feel like they all benefit him when he's not on the ground. Right. That's true. I really yeah. do. You know, yeah. uh, just his little mental errors or whatever. He's been the best guy. Just he's not been consistent. Yeah. 250 class is the same way. Jeremy Martin, in my opinion, is probably the best guy out there. And, uh, but he's having the deal. So, all right, guys, uh, we're going to go ahead and get to our first guest. Coming up first, he is a Texas native, local fast kid, vintage racer, Taylor Carruthers. Taylor, what's up, man? Oh, man, not much. How are you guys doing this afternoon? Well, we're good. We're good. Uh, pumped to have you on. i got TJ sitting over here, the producer. I don't know if you've met his ugly self yet, but uh, <laughs> he's over here. And, of course, i got the, the, the dark side sitting next to me. I don't know if he knows me as dark side. But oh, yeah. he might not. He might not. <laughs> he might because we're friends on Instagram and stuff. But of yeah. course, man, everybody knows the dark side. <laughs> right, there you go. There you go. See, I was in... for those of you that don't know, Taylor's one of the most badass uh, guys at throwing a whip. Yeah, yeah, he throws some pretty sick ones. Right, for right. sure. He about lost <laughs> That's it. That's about all I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still. He about lost it that day at Oak Hill at the uh, was it the T was it TVRC that day or was that Arma? I can't even remember. Man, I think that was a TVRC yeah. race. Yeah, that was pretty scary when I, the panic rev and what what, hey, bi- man. what bike was he on there? That uh, no. that one hundred. Yeah, no, whose one hundred was that? You were riding at Diamond Dons because that thing. No, at Oak Hill, I was on a, a two thousand and two CR two fifty. Ah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, that's right, dude. That one hundred you rode at Diamond Dons is probably the trickiest vintage bike I have ever <laughs> laid my eyes on. <laughs> That thing was amazing, man. It's crazy how much power it has, but it was such a little area for power that it made it difficult to ride. The stock ones actually rode a little bit better, but all in all, dude, it was a blast riding those things. I wish it would have held together the whole weekend because I finally got my my start styled in uh, the second day. Yeah. It was hard getting used to the the 100 cc's of power versus 250 cc. Yeah, I heard that. It's pretty impressive. How old are you, Taylor? Uh, I'm 22. So you're 22 years old, and you line up next to, you know, Trampus Parker, a multi-time world champion, Guy yeah. Cooper, a 125 Supercross champion. National champion. National champion, excuse me. And you hang with them for a little bit. You know, I think the second moto, if I'm not mistaken, you didn't get quite the good start, but you were hanging with them in moto one. Yeah, you were right there with them, man. Yeah, man, that's like I told all those guys next year, I'm coming for them. I got the start down. <laughs> I like it. I like it. There you go. We'll be there. One yeah, that's crazy. Uh, crazy to see at the age that those guys are at not saying they're old or anything like that but just the level of skill that they still have uh with little to no effort at all and, you know yeah. you got me over here trying everything <laughs> i got just to stay with them so it's pretty neat being able to hang with those guys and talk to them about it 
Yeah, for sure. I guess that once once you've got it, you've got it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think there. when you're at that level, it's just something that you're born so with. So Taylor, when you turn like 56, we're gonna still see you throwing whips and stuff. <laughs> Hey, man, maybe that'll be something that'll stick with me that long. I hope right. so. Oh, I How'd bet. you get your start racing? Uh, man, it was kind of a weird deal. Uh, you know, I grew up in race cars. And Dad never wanted me on a dirt bike. He didn't want me around motorcycles. I'm actually the only person in my family that's ever ridden motorcycles. Uh, my mom was actually the one that had talked my dad into letting me ride. Uh, and I got a I got a KX85 when I was 11. Uh, and at the time, I played the lake baseball, and I was in school, so motocross was you know, something that I'd always wanted to do, but obviously wasn't a priority. Right. So I rode in my house and then the neighborhood and pissed off all my neighbors enough to where I finally had to stop riding. Uh, and I kind of just, you know, didn't have an interest for it. And, you know, we went into high school uh, in 2009 as a, I was a freshman. Uh, and my father uh, went into a partnership uh, in Decatur Power Sports. Uh, okay. And, of course, with me being there, uh, you know, I had to ride, I had to race, you know, everybody's bugging my dad, including me. So yeah. he ended up caving and, uh, ended up buying me a 250F and oh, wow. we, uh, lived in Bowie, uh, behind Bowie Extreme Motocross. I don't know if you guys ever remember that. It wasn't around too, too long, but, Sounds uh, familiar. man, it was right off 287. It was a pretty cool sand track, just never really took off. You know, it was kind of far out of the way, but we had a corn race there in, uh, 2009 in December. Uh, Curtis Kirschmeyer and his crew came out there and uh, set up and, you know, everybody's bugging dad about me racing and stuff like that. And he's like, no, he's just going to ride. He's not going to race. He's never going to race. And, well, sure enough, I raced. And I did pretty good. I think I got third in the novice class. Wow. Uh, first race ever. And then uh, he's like, all right, dude. He's like, you got somewhat speed. So it just kind of <laughs> took off, man. And we uh, we met Jeff Oldenburg and those guys over at Oak Hill. I think Mitchell was on 125s and 250s at that point, and uh, McCoy was still racing. And I just kind of, kind of tagged along, man. I was the youngest person there uh, as far as being in that group, so I was, uh, I was the freshie that they all got to pick on and, and hate on and stuff. But it made me a, it made me a good rider, you know. Jeff yeah. Oldenburg and those guys over there uh, taught me a lot. So that's, uh, man, that's pretty much how it started. I, I never had a. Uh, an idea of where I wanted to go with it. I just rode for fun, and it kind of developed into something to where I got to be somewhat decent. Uh, and, you know, with social media and stuff kind of right. growing in the era that I started riding, it took off a little bit faster. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, now I'm here. <laughs> uh, do you Are you having any plans of doing any uh, professional racing, like some nationals, maybe some arena cross, anything like that? Man, everybody has the dream to be able to go out there and race professional motocross next to those guys and to race supercross. And, you know, now you get to go to the arena cross series. And uh, once you go there, you get to go to supercross. Uh, so uh, I'd like to say, yeah, you know, at this point, mm -hmm. I work full time. Uh, you know, racing is strictly fun for me. And I want to try and keep it that way because uh, getting burnt out in this industry isn't fun when it's your life. So sure, I actually... I I actually just finished up uh, an engine of mine that I'm building for my bike. I'm trying to been keeping it, trying to been uh, keeping this one on the down low. Uh, but I bought a, a Honda 250F from a good buddy of mine, Cody Ware. He's actually Justin Cooper's mechanic uh, for the Yamaha amateur racing team. Okay. Okay. Uh, finished that engine up today and brought it home, and I'm going to throw it in the frame. So I should have a, a 14 Honda 250F that I'll get to rip around for a little bit here, and then. You know, maybe a new KTM's calling my name. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> there you go. Right. Well, how about the uh, the Pro Challenge at Swan this year? Considering that, man, that's the goal. I'd like to be able to do that for sure. Uh, I just got to make sure I get this bike together and get to get my feet back under me as far as being on a four stroke. I've been riding these two strokes for so long. I yeah. think I've uh, <laughs> I think I've had to adapt and change some things. So Absolutely. yeah, uh, Pro Challenge has definitely been one on my list that I've wanted to do for a while. Uh, and at this point in time right now, I'm contemplating between the arena cross series, you know, do I jump into that and do I try my, try my luck there and, you know, focus strictly on that in supercross or, uh, you know, do I go to Loretta's, you know, what's, what's the role that I take? What, what road do I go on? Uh, so those are, that's kind of where I'm torn, but either way, yes, I do plan on doing that. Cool. Do you have anybody kind of giving you like mentoring you that maybe can help you make that decision? Man, I've got a lot of people that I surround myself with that I think are successful uh, inside and outside of motocross in this industry that have helped me tremendously. 
a family that I now call my family pretty much has taken me in uh, and helped me out tremendously. The Hedges, uh, Bobby Hedge, he's one of the head members of TVRC, that vintage group that I raced in, and his right. two sons, Brian and Brandon. Uh, man, those guys are like brothers to me, and they've helped me out uh, a lot. That 252 stroke that I ride, and the only reason that I'm riding right now is because of Bobby and his family. So I definitely give it up to those guys for helping me out. Uh, Wes Jordan, Bobby's best friend, uh, owns Antique Twister Racing. You know, he's helped me out quite a bit also with clothes. And uh, he actually lended me a KTM to race uh, at the GNC National. It was a last-second deal that we did. He called me up the week before and said, hey, dude, I want you to race this. And I was like, well, <laughs> I do too, but I don't have a bike. And he goes, well, I do. So, you know, we uh, geared up last second and made it happen so those are about the only people that helped me out uh tory morbid with faction clothing you know i've been with him since the beginning yeah uh, and there's just i wish i could name all the people that helped me out but those are the, the few main people that i'm the closest to that are really making this thing work well that's great man it's good to have good people you know to help you out i mean that's really what the sport's about it's really cool seeing you at such a young age so involved with the vintage series because it it really yeah. does kind of give you a level head i think it keeps you grounded because it's more it's not quite as um which word i'm looking for mark uh it's stressful or yeah you know yeah competitive it's competitive but it's fun yeah there's a cool and vibe out there and that's definitely the truth and it i want to say it's kind of my off season you know it's exactly that. It gives you a level head. It keeps you calm. And there's no stress. I mean, you go out there with Shan Garcia and Rob Milliken, <laughs> yeah. it's hard to be serious around those guys. It so sure it's a blast is. Race in the, uh, yeah. the two strokes, man. I never got to experience that. So it's uh, it's strictly fun. And I think that's what's pushing me and motivating more uh, me more to do the things that I want to do in the industry. It just takes time, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I really like your attitude. Like when I met you that day at Oak Hill, you were just super friendly and uh, you're very charismatic. And your buddies were all very friendly, and uh, I, I like you a lot, man. I think you're a good kid, and I think you got a good future. You know, even if you don't go to Arena Cross and, and become one of the elite, you're, I think you have a career as a Texas pro, and you could, as you get older, probably influence a lot of the youth coming up and, you know, maybe you know maybe get into giving riding lessons or, or who knows, but I, th I think you have something special. You're, if, I, I like you a lot. If nothing else, man, you got a life full full of riding dirt bikes really good and having fun, and yeah. that's really what it's all about at the end of the day anyways, right? Exactly, exactly. And I think you're 100% right. And I've talked back the idea between do I keep going for it at this age or, you know, I say at this age, it's crazy to think 22 is <laughs> yeah, old in this yeah. sport, but it is. Well, I, I, I definitely think you should give it a shot. You know, I think you know if you if you're considering arena cross, do it. Make it. Try to make a couple. See how it yeah, goes. It wouldn't you hurt know? nothing. And uh, you know, because you definitely would regret it probably if you didn't at least try. But oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I think that as well, and I think that's what kind of keeps me hanging there because I know ever since I've ever since I can remember, I've wanted to be there. I've wanted to to be able just to ride in the Dallas Stadium and look up at everybody and say, you know, I'm. I'm here, I made it, you know, everybody in the stands, nobody knows what skill level you are, nobody knows how fast you are or where you are right. in the industry, they just see a rider in that stadium and they're like, man, you know, that's, that's awesome, and that feeling you get as a kid being in that stadium and watching everybody come out and just talking to the riders and the mechanics, it's, it's something really cool, and to be able to be that person that gets to talk to the people in the stands, that gets to, to hang out and sign autographs, just to be in that atmosphere, I think is awesome, you know, Absolutely. whether or not you're first or last, you know, you're there, you're doing it, and I think that's what matters. Absolutely, Taylor. Well, we look forward to seeing you give that a go, and, and look forward to seeing you at Pro Challenge and some vintage races coming up, man. Heck yeah, definitely, guys. We'll see you guys out there for sure. Hey, man, thanks for coming on. We're going to holler back at you again sometime, if that's okay. Yeah, dude, holler at me anytime. You know I'm down, buddy. Absolutely, Thanks, Taylor. Taylor. Have a good evening, buddy. All right, see All right, you, guys. man. Taylor Carruthers, ladies and gentlemen. And with that, we're going to move right into our second guest. He is Mr. Brian Jackson from Vertical Adrenaline. Brian, what's going on, buddy? Hey, good evening, man. Just sitting out here looking at the uh, lawn. <laughs> that's awesome that's fun after a cool weekend of racing in austin i'm just a little bit tired well i can understand that you you do a lot of that you're at a race pretty much every weekend aren't you now oh yeah yeah definitely we you know for probably oh a little over 20 years i've probably averaged racing 45 to 50 weekends a year wow that's awesome 
and uh, lots know, of miles. For those of that the listeners that don't know, you're you have a ministry, Vertical Adrenaline, and at most of the races that you go to, you give a little sermon in the morning and um, you know spreading the gospel. You want to tell us about how you got involved with doing that? Yeah, you know it's uh, it's really a cool story. Back in 2000, my wife and I uh, started this ministry, and man, I tell you what, she's definitely my rock, and and been along in this ride for a long time too. In fact, we're celebrating 35 years wow. this Sunday. So uh, man, that's just an awesome blessing to uh, me and my family in this ministry. But uh, no, I was up in Oklahoma at a race, and it wasn't very common years ago for. Uh, this to take place at a race and they had a church service and uh like seven o'clock in the morning i got up and went to that church service and it, man it just like uh as clear as a bell god had been preparing me for uh doing that very thing and uh just wasn't listening properly until seemingly that morning which was a little over 17 years ago and uh it's grown into a, a multifaceted ministry through all those years but uh, Still, the primary uh, the primary vision and mission of, of Vertical Adrenaline Motocross Ministries is to bring uh, church services and ministry to the track. Yes, sir. And uh, we have several pastors that do that. Luke Navarre from Graham, Texas, is actually our senior pastor now and has been for about four years. And I still fly the flag. I still do the ministry, and I still marry and bury people. Everybody kind of gets a kick out of that. But, uh, <laughs> right. uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of the founder now. I don't have any role on the board anymore. It's five hundred one c three five hundred one c three nonprofit, and uh, you know I don't have anything to do with any of the business aspect of it anymore. Just uh, just the founder and just the guy that still goes around and shares the gospel and. Uh, yeah, just try to encourage people with uh, the grace of God. Yes, sir. Well, while you're out doing that, you seemingly still go pretty fast on a dirt bike in the process. Yeah, you know, I just uh, really, really, really enjoy dirt bikes. It's uh, I probably wouldn't still be doing it if it wasn't for the ministry, but uh, – it's been a few times through the years I've had some pretty bad things to deal with, with injuries. And, you know, just by the grace of God, uh, I've been able to heal up. And, you know, yeah. some of that's through uh, medicine. And I think some of it's just through the miraculous wonders of the good Lord. But somehow all that compiled together has put me back on box at times that uh, I really didn't think I'd be able to be back on it. But, yeah, I'm 55 years old, still having a good time doing it, never none of my younger years that I'd be doing what I'm doing now at 55 and still be, you know, actually hammering it a bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I tried to run with you a few months ago in practice, I think it was, at uh... – Village Creek, yeah, I saw and that. then I realized you were just kind of taking a, a slow lap, and then you left me. Oh, no, we've got, we got documented pictures of you leading me around that practice now. Don't yeah, that, that was when you took the, you decided to slow down. <laughs> yeah, that was the slow lap. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's impressive how fast you go. You know, and then you're also doing um, – you do some wheelie stuff on uh, your three-wheelers, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. you have a couple world records. You want to tell us about that? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty interesting spinoff of you know I've been doing some stunt stuff since actually 1981. That's when I first started doing it publicly. I started I started doing stunting in 1972. Wow! But I didn't start doing it publicly until 1981, and just I don't know through the years I've continued to do more and more. And kind of what brought that on is the last two years I've been the chaplain of the Nitro Arena Cross Tour that goes all over the Midwest and. And I've raced that tour, and they have a lot of entertainment, uh, you know, like the Smodgy Brothers, which was like top five in season six of America's Got Talent, and okay. Jason Pritchett, which was also America's Got Talent. Well, anyway, I started bringing some of my stunt stuff to these events and started doing some of their opening ceremonies and even stuff at intermission, and it just kind of started growing, and I was always fascinated with Doug DeMocos. Uh, the Wheelie King yes, sir. when I was uh, younger, and he got killed the same year our ministry started. And I just decided, I got with his family and his foundation and just decided that I put together a tour that 
that fit in with my 50th year on motorcycles, which actually is this year, and just start doing a tour. And, uh, you know, I already go to alternative schools and churches and lots of different things to kind of kind of bring ministry into some areas that might not see it as much as they should right. and not exposed to it as much as, as we feel like they should be. And this just kind of set up the, uh, set up the tone of me being able to go into public schools and, and different things even more than I have been in the past that still lined up with our vision and ministry with, uh, uh, with vertical adrenaline. And, uh, anyway, it's, it's just really been awesome to get to do that and i i have supposedly set four new world records but you know i got all boastful for that uh for a while because they're very unique uh stunts yes sir with uh one of one of a kind units you know the kind in the world but you know, I'm, I petitioned uh, Guinness for all that stuff, and I, I really felt good about it. But I haven't. I've been having a struggle with dealing with them. So actually, I've heard a lot of people uh, do have a. Problem. The world records are not official at this point. Now we're hoping that they're going to be. Okay. But they, that's a slow moving train. So <laughs> I kind of started backing off that a little bit because I, man, I just didn't know it was going to be such a headache, such a deal to do that. Yeah, I've heard that, Brian. I've heard that they're not that much fun to deal with. The process is very slow and, and not it really. Yeah, I've been dealing with them seven either. months. Wow. 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 Yeah, because that was uh, was at the Mesquite Arena Cross that I remember at least you broke a couple. Yeah, yeah that was one and, of them, too. I did one in Charleston and one in Mesquite. Yep. One here in Eastland where my hometown is. I can't remember. I think one of them was in Missouri. Uh, but yeah, the documentation of all that and all the paperwork to fill out and the filing fees and, and having witnesses. I mean, you, it's a very procedural deal. Right. And, uh, I guess, yeah. Oh well. I guess you know, it's maybe not a it bad goes through, thing. Maybe it don't, but it's been a blast doing it. Well, here's the deal. You you know you did it, regardless of what that book says. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, speaking of uh, Doug Demokis, uh, well, I'm gonna two part question question and comment here i did get to see him when i was live when i was really i was young probably seven or eight he came to an arena cross right. at the oil palace here in tyler it was a long time ago he rode a wheelie around that track several yeah. times like it was just effortless you know yeah. and, and i had never been on a yeah. motorcycle at this point so it's cool to get to see him now did you did you ever actually know him personally no i i did get to see him perform live he was uh he was he was just absolutely incredible and you know he was a he was a cool dude too you know he, like the rest of us he ain't perfect but he's a godly man and he's a very patriotic man uh he's very humble and uh you know i grew up in the evil Knievel days too and i admired evil Knievel in certain ways too but the dude just wasn't a, an admirable man until very, very late in his life. Yeah, he was right. a rough character. Put it together. He he just couldn't put life together. But there was a lot of traits about him that was was really cool. Sure. But uh, you know, he just wasn't really that good a figure for for many of us. But Doug Demokos was. He was more the, you know, he was a more uh, mentoring kind of of stunt man, if you will. But, uh, yeah, he did some incredible things, and uh, we're still working on bringing back some of his uh, unique stunts that he did, including the high wire act. Yeah. We've been working on that for for I don't know. I guess we took on that project about. You guys might have seen the picture on my timeline on my social media stuff here a couple of weeks ago, yeah. where I've just about completed uh, the remake of his uh, last. Uh, wheelie bike, which was an ATK, a USA made dirt bike. It's okay. beautiful. That's but, really- uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're hoping to get that on the, uh, tour with us here just within the next few weeks. And, uh, excited about that. I know I'll never be able to do what he was able to do with that thing, but still to rear that thing up and pray <laughs> on school stages and whatnot and just ride some wheelies. It fascinates, uh, it just fascinates kids, right. even adults too. It's just fascinating to uh, see a motorcycle do a wheelie, you know, yeah. even if it isn't for 
I think Doug's record was 145 miles. Holy uh, moly. I, I can't you know, ride just, one hardly at all. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. Just wheeling a block or two is impressive to the most of us. So. Right, right. <laughs> well, it's funny how it is – Elevated as the game has gotten, if you will, as far as motocross, what 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 can be done on a bike, uh, wheelies are still the oh, coolest thing ever. Incredible! I love the slow wheelie, and I cannot figure. I can't out. do one either. I will be over dragging backwards. the back brake, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Brian, I just want to say, you know, I really appreciate you as a person. Um, I feel real honored to have met you, and I, I love it when you're at a race and you preach and you're just. We just had Taylor Carruthers on a minute ago, and like him, you, you just, you're always in good spirits and love being there, and you just you're just one of those yeah, people well, that make thank, things yeah. awesome. I appreciate it. I mean, I I, I enjoy the current encouragement just as anyone would, and uh, you know, I am excited to be there, and I am excited to be a part. And it seems like the older that I get, the uh, the more I don't take it for granted, and. Uh, but, you know, what you're talking about is, is really the makeup of motocross. There's just some genuinely good families in the, in the motocross industry. And, uh, Absolutely. you know, I, I started in it in, late, in the late 60s with my father. He raised a Hodaka. And uh, I've been in it for a long time, and I've been out of it into some other forms of motorsports some short stints and, and nothing against the others, but at the same time, uh, I've just never experienced the camaraderie and companionship and fellowship that we all get to enjoy with Agreed. motocross. Absolutely. Hey, Brian, what, can you, uh, what, what is the y- y'all's website for vertical? Uh, verticaladrenaline.com. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, all yeah. things Vertical Adrenaline, all things Brian Jackson, all things the Doug DeMocos uh, Stunt Show Tribute Tour, all that, all of our YouTube stuff. I published 170 videos last year. Wow. All those things can be found at verticaladrenaline.com, all of our social media links and everything perfect awesome well hey brian we won't keep you any longer but we really appreciate you giving us some time and and coming on the show man yeah, enjoyed uh speaking with you guys and just look forward to rubbing elbows with you again either on or off the track absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. i can't wait to see you again man yeah likewise we'll see you right down the road pretty soon buddy all right god bless you guys thanks you too, hey, you too. have you. a good one brian jackson vertical vertical adrenaline excuse me and with that we're going to go to commercial break Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way Kathy, he uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department, they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, Sea-Doo, and Victory. And don't forget they have firearms too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com and save. That's 903-595-6288 and tell them Moto Xbod sent you. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl 
mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Hey guys, Muscle Mark here. I want to introduce you to my friends over at York Welling and Fab. From new construction, truck beds, barbecue grills, and anything else you can come up with, York Welling and Fab has you covered. With deep motocross roots and 20 plus years experience, York Welling and Fab is a brand you can put your trust in. Call Carl at 903-780-7369. That's 903-780-7369 and tell him Moto X Pod sent you. All right, guys, welcome back. Again, big shout-out, Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, MX Girl Designs, York Welding, and Fab at Shock Socks. Coming up next, she is the team manager for Cycle Trader, Rock River Yamaha, co-owner of Roost Graphics. Miss Oh, Gr- Roost, Roost MX. Sorry, my bad. I already messed it up. <laughs> Miss Christina Denny. Cr- Christina, how are you? I'm great, guys. How are you doing? We're doing well. Sorry about that. I'm uh, – a little, little tired from the work day, and I'm messing my stuff no, up here. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, we all have real day jobs. We, we're not, uh, we're not like Mathis who gets to do this professionally yet. Well, we're not professionals either, yeah. so that, that that tends to to fall in. But uh, uh, Christina, tell us how you feel about uh, about your team so far during the nationals. How everything's looking, and uh, what what to look forward to from here. I think everything's good. Um, you know, is we're actually, um, you know, not finding as many injuries. But I, in the same breath, I say that he took a pretty bad crash in Moto One right. this last weekend, and um, wasn't able to race Moto Two. But just got word today that he's going to be fine to come back and race this weekend at Southwick. But you know, we're not finding that as much as we were in Supercross, so that's always a bonus. Um, you know, I think it's a little bit more you what the guys are used to um, outdoors wise, especially, you know, Bradley and Lorenzo and, um, and of course Heath, but I think it's, um, you know, obviously I would love to see some better results, but I think each week we make improvements and I feel like we're always making changes and getting the bike better and more suited for what they're looking for. And so that's all we could ask. Right. Yeah. I, you guys, the, the professionals probably don't like hearing this, but I took Heath and Fantasy this weekend. Ah, yeah, it didn't go so well. Did you? Uh, I, I, think, <laughs> I think I'm a jinx, honestly. I've had some rough weeks in Fantasy, so yeah. maybe I should quit he, picking he people. He needs to hang the Fantasy up. He's not doing so hot this year. <laughs> I know. I stay away from that altogether. And, you know, and it's me like too. nothing worse than somebody calls me before and says, hey, I've got so-and-so, you know, picked whatever, and I'm like, I can't take that pressure, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Don't give it to me. Oh, I of course, bet you, I don't let them know. Right. Oh, I bet you get that quite a bit, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. So super cross, I did. You know, it's it's uh, it's rare to have a you're the only woman in your position in the industry that I know of, which is very impressive. Uh, 2011, you were given the Team Manager of the Year award, which is awesome. Um, I've read some interviews, and you've said that you've really never been treated differently. Is I mean, do you still stand by that? There's never been any – nobody's ever looked down on it or kind of made you feel like you didn't belong? No, I guess let me correct you, though, because um, actually Ronnie Stewart's wife, Brooke, is their team manager of the Microbuilt team. That's awesome. Oh, okay. And, I did not know that. Yep. So she, um, before they got married, actually, they were dating, and they put that team together, and um, she was a team manager, and uh, we were introduced um, at Lakewood two years ago, okay. maybe, you know, not this year, but last year, a year ago, and she was just, they were just putting that team together, and, um, you know, we just became quick friends, and she you know, I think she puts me up on a pedestal more than I deserve, but she's always, like, telling me, you know, like, she just looks up to me and wants to just learn from me and, and whatnot, and I just, I'm like, Brooke, I'm just your friend. I'm going to be there regardless. <laughs> what do you need? And, I mean, she's done an outstanding job, and they, that team's come a long way, and, um, you know, I, I give her kudos, and I, I definitely, I'm honored to, like, have people like her, and then Courtney Lloyd in Canada, we've been friends for quite some time, and she's got, you know, a huge involvement in racing up there, and she's also, she's the team manager of her team Canada, 
for the nation. Oh, okay. And she also, you know, it was funny because she'd always, a long time ago, she said, I'm stalking you. <laughs> and before I really knew her, and I'm like, I got kind of creeped out a little bit about it. But right. see, we're friends now. We spend some time during the year at some of the races that she comes to if we can. And so anyway, that, let me color that up. So yeah. I'm not the only female team manager any longer, which is awesome. And But to kind of elaborate a little bit on how there's there's a difference. I mean, there really isn't in the sense of, you know, um, you know, there's, I don't get any special privileges. I mean, if anything, like it's more like the guys are just a little bit more like respectful when we're climbing the ladder, the team manager's tower, you know I mean? Sometimes yeah. they'll just, I'm right in line and it's no big deal. Or sometimes the guy will step out of the way and whatever, you know, it's like no big deal. Um, in that sense, or, you know, I have no problem voicing my opinion in our team manager meetings with Feld or MX Sports, and, you know, it's not like they just disclude anything that I say, Um, you know, and I do have a lot of involvement with Team USA, I'm the team coordinator for that. Oh, fantastic. And so I did that last year for the first year, and so this is, you know, my second year, and um, you know, and I think obviously having my team management skills, it, it helped and I did a little bit more than what's expected of that position, but, um, you know, but it's nothing that's like a gender thing. It's more just the knowledge and the experience and of course learning from, from everybody, you know, yeah. kind of that has got me where I'm at. Well, that's, that's really good. I mean, you, do you still have some involvement with the the WMX also? Do you have riders involved in that? Unfortunately, um, Caitlin Morrow, who was our WMX rider for Rock River, she got injured. And, you know, it's something I really haven't been involved with that much um, past that. And, you know, a lot of it is just the the differences and the scheduling and, um, you know, just having enough time to really devote what a person needs and that, and that level. And, um, you know, I, it's unfortunate and I, it it bumps me out and I, but I, you know, at the same time, it, I understand and the scheduling and all that kind of stuff, but I'm, I'm not as much as an advocate for it as much as I would like to be. Right. But it's just kind of what my limitations are. I've got to kind of, I can't, I'm so involved in the amateur racing still that, you know, to do, to be involved in the amateur side and also manage the team and, you know, you can't do everything great. You you can do everything good, but you got (laughs) to kind of pick and choose. And I'm, I just, I don't want to spread myself too thin. What is Rock River, Cycle Trader Rock River's involvement in amateur? How many riders do you have? How does that work? How does how do riders get involved? Um, our producer has a son that's coming up through the ranks and trying to make Loretta's, you know? I mean, how, how does somebody get involved with a team like that? So Rock River, it's Rock River, the dealership, right. has always had a really huge amount of amateur racers, you know, and let's just say it could be from different levels of support. It could be, you know, 10% off parts, run the graphics, or, you know, just different levels of support throughout the whole PWs to big bikes to vets. You know, there's there's always been that. But in the last few years, and then we've just really kind of steadily have been focusing on a handful of riders. And that's Lorenzo Lucrucio was one. Like he okay. was one that we sought out and helped him his last year of amateur, and then though he was going into the the pro track, that was more one on one basis. Now, last year, Factory Yamaha and Rock River teamed up, and we now have a semi that's on the road um, for all the amateur nationals. That is run by Ed Torrent, who is the team manager for our amateur team. So that team, it's Yamaha Blue Crew Rock River, is what that team is based out of the name. Cycle Trader is supporting it okay. in its way, and they have, it's like their own 
Um, so it's really their own team, but it's under Rock River. Right. Um, but that consists of an 85 rider, a B rider. Well, this year it's an 85 and two A riders in pro sport. So um, in the future, it'll be 85 schoolboy, you know, B and then A. So we're we're still ironing all that out. But right. to be involved in that, it's also you know it's obviously a combination of Yamaha and Rock River, which is me and Ed choosing these riders, knowing, okay, these are the guys that we are going to groom and put them under the, the pro track when they turn pro. Okay. Um, and so that's just a handful of riders. To be involved in the Rock River amateur side, that's all through the dealership, and you just contact Mike Duclos, and he has all that set up. I don't have much involvement with that. Others, I'm really kind of more involved with the, the team. Okay. Let's shift gears a little bit. Tell us a little bit about Roostimax Graphics, how it got started, how it's doing, so on and so forth. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like in '98, my husband and I started a sign company. Um, you know, traditional banner signs, graphics, that kind of stuff for all different things, um, which was mostly driven from being involved with wakeboarding and the boat boating industry. Nothing to do with dirt. Right. And we both had you know, wakeboarding backgrounds, and there was a time that I was just wakeboarding competitively and, you know, just um, totally different from what we're doing, but started that in 98, and then my husband raced just local amateur racing here in Georgia Okay. all through his life, but um, when I met, he was still racing, so we kind of had that little bit of a connection, but we never really thought out to do that for a living, but uh, in 2002-ish, we had some of our customers, we did some trailer graphics, you know, did some wraps on their trailer, RVs, stuff like that. And, you know, just from different people were really influenced by, you should, you guys should do graphics. We're like, no way. You know, like, we don't ever want to get into that. That's just a whole nother business, a whole nother ball act. And just kind of a couple of years of persuasion <laughs> and um, persistence that we just decided, okay, we're just going to do mini. We're just going to do 50s. Right. 65s and maybe 85s, you know, and so we did, we, you know, but, you know, we hand template everything and, you know, it's not like there's just a magic button you press and it gives you this template. I mean, now there's companies that sell them, but right. we don't, we don't buy our templates and, um, you know, so you got to imagine like for every model, every year, you, it's a, it's a lot of work. So sure. anyway, that just, that took off pretty big here in the Southeast and, just kept it really local, went to the races, and our RV that we had that we used for wakeboarding, we converted over to um, using for racing. We don't print anything at the track, but it went from there to here, and I'm sitting outside looking at it. It's been sitting there for three years. <laughs> <It's so bad. laughs> but, um, you know, and then it just grew from there. And then in 2004, actually, the first year we really started, that's when we met Mike DeClose, who's the owner of Rock River. Right, right. And... He was our first dealer, and we we rebranded his company. He had a terrible logo, so bad, and we just rebranded him and really grew as he grew because he just purchased the business in that same year, a year before or something. So it was like together we just kind of really helped each other, and that's when it made sense for us to be part of his pro team that he decided to do in 2010. We, we actually turned it down. At first, it was supposed to be just graphics and wrapping the semi and yeah. done with it. And we just, I got a lot, we just got thrown into it a little bit more. And, you know, I was at the races. Next thing you know, I'm at every race and had no idea about pro racing, but um, it, sounds it just like kind of went from there. It sounds like it was meant to be because, like, you you kept, you keep saying that, well, we weren't going to do this, we weren't going to do that, but it just kept happening. So it really, it fate. sounds like it was fate. Fate took and over. You didn't have a choice. <laughs> it it was... didn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, and you know, and the business is doing great. I mean, we, I mean, we're all, I mean, just blessed to really have grown, and um, it's definitely, it's not fifty or sixty percent of what we do is between the sign company that we still have. And then the graphics company, we have awesome employees that we only have because of the graphics side. You know, I mean, it's, it's even though we have the, the main company's Denny Designs, but it's still, it's, it could be its own separate 
company, but we just keep it under the one building. Right. Um, and, you know, we, we just, we really believe in just like procedures and process of how we do things. And um, we carry that on to that company. And, but we ship internationally, if not once a day, every other day, um, you know, which is awesome that, you know, Australia. Yeah. And, it's really grown. You know, we, it, it has. And I mean, you know, and it's amazing that it's just, um, it's just, not only is just the marketing, like, we, we, we don't do magazine ads. We don't do, you know, spend lots of money and all this stuff. We'd rather keep it and help, like, amateur racers or do a little bit, you know, better on that side rather than just putting all our money and hopefully we get the return because we just get the return from our customer service, our graphics, right. our templates, and, you know, and we're not, looking it's not like we're just you know it's our only business and it's but it's it's just doing well enough that it could be well that's great yeah i, I like i like all the pulp stuff you have because we're, we're all here in studio big pulp fans so we always look at the stuff you do for them and it's pretty great yeah it's neat stuff for sure yeah and, it, and it's like um with pulp and stuff it's you know that's probably our extent of advertising you know we, we support the show um you know, Mathis and I were just talking this weekend that, I, you know, I want to go back out to the show. And um, we, I had a blast and I, you know, I got a lot of feedback and comments and we see it on the sales side that you know, people that purchase the items and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, it's definitely um, we just got to get creative with sure. it. And um, by, but, you know, I mean, I appreciate you mentioning it. And that's something I generally I don't do enough of, especially on the pro side of the team. It's a sponsor of the team, of course, but it's, I'm not there promoting my company. Right. And sometimes I look back, I'm like, man, I missed so many opportunities to do that. <laughs> but I know people affiliate the team with the company. Absolutely. Well. Yes, ma'am. Excuse me. Oh, hi. can you hear me? Sorry, I'm a microphone. Well, hey, Christina, we won't keep you any longer. I know you're a very busy lady, but we really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing all this information with us. It's cool hearing it from uh, from the source, so to speak. You know, we see your team, we see your graphics, all that stuff everywhere. And uh, but now we now we've got a little bit of the history behind it. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time to to have me on the show, and I, good luck with you guys. I know you're growing, and yes, if ma'am. I could help you anyway, or uh, you know, support you. Definitely don't hesitate to ask. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to get with you about maybe trying to get some of your riders on in the, in the coming weeks. Yeah, for sure. And um, well, well, I know uh, yeah. Heath uh, Harrison yep. trains at Underground. Uh, TJ, our producer, his son also trains at Underground. I think they may have been riding together today. Oh, cool. Or is he not riding? What? No, actually, oh, he he's, he's back yeah. in Alabama right now. Right. What did you just write yeah. me then, TJ? What was that? <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Uh, Sorry about that, Christina. No, but anytime. Oh, it, you, yeah. Anytime you want them on the show, they'd be more than happy to. And, um, you know, whatever yeah. we could do to help. Absolutely. Thank you so much and for being so friendly. And uh, we really appreciate you. We enjoyed talking to you. No problem. Thanks again. All right. Hey, have a good later. evening. Christina Denny, ladies and gentlemen, Cycle Trader, Rock River Yamaha, Roost MX Graphics, and uh, TJ. That's exactly what you just wrote us a minute ago. <laughs> exactly, hundred percent. It. Um, if you if you want to read, there's an ED at the back why of that. The, why the trained, hell? Why, why the hell would you give me that in uh, reference to this? If it's not, uh, I was just saying it. I was just saying it. Guys, calm down. Anyways, again, yeah. big shout out, Broadway uh, Power Sports, Tyler, Texas MX Girl Designs Graphics. Uh, Hit Cha Cha up. She'll get yep, you hooked yep. up on our end. Yeah, and, we'll, uh, we'll have Roost MX on the show, but you cannot use Roost MX yeah, if you listen to our show. Yeah, you you, you got to MX Girl. MX Girl Designs. Hit her up. York Welding Fab, of course, get yourself a set of shock socks. You're foolish if you ride a dirt bike without them. And uh, if you're TJ, you're just plain foolish anyways, whether you have them or not. But <laughs> and the he rest, uses them. The rest I, of us have I a I do chance, use them. And, and, and I've got a bike build going on, and they're about to get me a set, throw them on my new bike. So. Yeah, well, hey, guys, again, thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you next week. Out.